0: So hello and welcome. Dave is Foyleshire. I am here with James Connolly Heron, who is the great grandson of James Connolly, that great uh, leader, that great rebel that we uh, remember always, but particularly at Easter time. And we're here to talk about Moore Street and the need to redevelop to memorialise the great bravery and courage of that generation of um, leaders and Jim I I, I have to say to you every time I meet you I'm kind of struck by the fact that you are James Connolly's great grandson I mean that's just um, an incredible thing and I'm sure you appreciate the, the way that people feel about all of the leaders but about James Connolly what's it like to be James Connolly's great grandson
1: well, you're always struck, Mary Lou, by um, the way people greet you and when they know who you are, that, 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 when they know of that connection. Um, and it's quite astonishing how, um, th- how revered he still is in people's, in people's lives, actually. You know? So you get a great sense of, well, a sense of pride, obviously. Um, but it's, it is quite astonishing that a century later, he's held in such high esteem with the Irish people with, and people elsewhere. Um, so, you're, yes, I'm always struck by the fact how, how genuinely moved people are by meeting by a physical link, I suppose, yeah. to somebody who is a hero to them, you know, so it's, it's, it's obviously nice, yes. My, yeah, dad it's... Was, my, my dad was his first grandchild, mm-hmm. and my grandfather, Archie, introduced him to Tom Clark in the shop in O'Connell Street. The shop, of course, no longer there, replaced by a central supermarket, but nonetheless, the, the location is still with us. And, uh, of course, that's the story and why the story of Moore Street is so important, is that it is the last remaining, last extant 1916 battlefield that's left to us. I mean, it's quite astonishing that in over over years since the Rising, there were 32 locations in the city centre directly linked to the Rising. Nineteen have been demolished, gone, lost forever. So there's a drip feed of the loss of history here. The most recent, as I'm sure you you know about, uh, it was the O'Reilly house
0: yeah. demolished
1: a dawn demolition um, against all rules and regulations, against all planning laws. Uh, just the developers went in at dawn and and raised it to the ground, the very house where the O'Reilly lived, and the house immortalised in the last letter to his wife and family as he lay dying in Moor Street, in street. Uh, ha- having been wounded in the battle and left to die. So um, it's it, the campaign to save Moor Street is is more than just the campaign to save that street. I think it's saving history and it's saving an incredible it's it's saving the physical links that are left, you know, um, to that great well, event in Irish history.
0: Isn't it an incredible thing, though, Jim, when you think about like I was saying about you being the great grandson of James Connolly. And for me, th- that that always I'm struck always when I meet you, that I'm speaking to the great grandson of James Connolly and the way. And I know not on my own in holding that entire generation of, of rebels and leaders and visionaries yeah, and in, in, in a really high esteem. And it's for me and I think for other people. It's not an abstract thing. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's very much an emotional thing. And when you contrast that feeling that I think is the feeling of the vast majority of Irish people of all generations, when you contrast that with the way in which Moore Street has been left go into dereliction and, and more to the point only, only for you, Jim, and, and Paddy Cooney and others, many other campaigners, I mean, the whole place would have been levelled. You know no, that. that back-
1: yeah, that was the plan. I mean, in I think it was 1999. That far back, and um, the city fathers, the city management, had decided that there was no real merit in keeping Moore Street. I mean, one city official described it as being of limited historical importance. Now, to be fair, in the intervening years, and as a result of the campaign, that story has now been, you know, is now out there, and people understand. The link to 1916 and the importance of the street as a market street telling you the social history of Dublin. So, I mean, the story, if the campaign achieved nothing else, it ensured that that story was told because for many people, they knew nothing. I mean, um, we laughingly suggested one time that it was was the fault of uh, the Michael Collins movie where the, the surrender, you see the surrender at the end at the GPO. But that whole story of evacuating the GPO into the laneways and taking refuge in this modest terrace of houses is an incredible story in itself and has to be told. So at least there has been that great success, you know, that that, that if you like a new generation are, are, are more aware probably than we were in our time of the significance of this terrace, you know, as the last headquarters effectively of the provisional government in '16. And the fact that it's it's the great survivor, that the entire city, as you know, was blitzed by true British artillery sh- uh, shell fire. Um, and we're left with this incredible terrorist that survived that. And very nearly, it was go- it was about to be subject to demolition by our own. You know, what an extraordinary story that would have been. So, and, you know, on many fronts, it's been, it's been a long campaign, um, you know, and it, it, it has taken, A lot of commitment from a lot of people, you know, to stay the course, but it's, I think it's been worth it, you know.
0: Absolutely, and um, it's, I thought it was, it's been really, really palpable, I think particularly since the, the, the commemoration of of the centenary of the rising, I I think the penny dropped with lots of people, not just Dubliners, but people, you know, across the board, people, including those that visited Ireland, and that visit and that go looking for the terrace and that that are aware of the history of it I I think that sense that things have gone too far that the state and successive governments have have done at best the minimum in in terms of preservation and development of that area I I, but I, I think at that moment of remembering the rising 100 years on we felt a collective sense of shame, I suppose, on, on the one hand, but also a determination that we're not going to let it go. And I mean, that's ultimately what the campaign is is about. It's about a win, isn't it? It's about a win for history. It's about a win for remembering who we are. It's and, an for hon-
1: and for honouring that generation. And, and
0: honouring that generation, yeah. That
1: you, that you write, you say were so exceptional. I mean, it was an extraordinary time in our history. You know, that great coming together of the national movement, social movement, feminist. you know, Across the board, that that it was just that moment, you know, that golden moment when these movements all came together, and and made you know the courageous decision to challenge an empire. It, it, you know that the idea of that in itself, and of course the story of Moor Street linking to that was the the you know the idea that that the garrison ended up in the terrace of houses while the empire closed in to get them, you know, and it, what what you know the conversation that. That must, the conversation that must have taken place in number 16 as that was happening. You know, that there's an extraordinary story there that needs to be teased out, I think, you know.
0: So we, we got the legislation through Angus Osnoddick, who, who you know very well, Jim, and, and who has been very active on this campaign yes. for many years. Yes. Um, so we got the legislation that Angus drafted through the door last week, and it was I, I think it was very significant this legislation aims to protect all of more so all of the battlefield sites not just the limited uh, in the limited way that we currently have and it sets up the infrastructure for redevelopment to memorialize and honor that generation as as you say but also to bring a big win in terms of creating a living, vibrant quarter in that part of the city that would be great for Dublin, great for Ireland, great for for footfall and for business. And to me, it was significant that we got that legislation through unanimously. I mean, there was no...
1: Absolutely, because as you know, there have been bills in the past that that didn't have that sort of support. Um, Our only concern at this stage, Mary Lou, would be that there might be an attempt to roll back in. You know, but it certainly was, I mean, congratulations to the party and, of course, to Angus for getting it through because, to be honest with you, I didn't think it would get through that easily. I didn't think there'd be, I certainly thought there'd be certain opposition or I thought it might be amended, which is the usual trick in this, these cases. So we were quite surprised that it got through and and hopefully exactly as you've, as you've outlined, perhaps there is now, perhaps we've seen the sea change that we've been searching for for so long. And that there has been a you know a, a shift, as a, yes, as a result of 16 and the celebrations and the fact that people were going to celebrate and commemorate the event, whether the state had a plan or not. I mean, that was a significant thing, wasn't it? The state had no program, but they were they were compelled to produce a program because had they not, they realized that there were going there was going to be an outpouring of commemoration anyway, all around the country. So I think that this is probably the knock-on effect of that. We rather hope so anyway. And, I mean, I'm, you're, you're far, far more familiar with the, the way, you know, the, the operation of this than we are. I don't know what, what happens now. It goes to committee stage, I understand, but I'm not too sure of, of what, what in effect does that mean from our point of view? And is it, is it a discussion on the nuts and bolts of the proposal? Is that what happens at committee stage?
0: Yeah, well, th- that's exactly it. Uh, and what we are hopeful is on on two fronts that the legislation, not alone, goes to committee, but that it's not just stalls there. Yeah. That we actually build on that, and that we bring it back, and we get it on the statute group books. And then alongside that, that the plan that that your team, that the families of uh, the, of the of the rebel leaders and activists have produced, and full credit to you, Jim. A really outstanding proposal that I just think is the answer for what we need in the heart of the northeast inner city, historically, culturally, uh, but also for the traders and that great trading tra- tradition on Moore Street. So we need the government to very clearly take a position that Moore Street, the entire battlefield, that will not be left in the hands of private developers, that the state will lead Yes, um, of course. That's an essential part of it as well. So those two things need to happen and everybody needs to be on board for this, Jim. And I know one of the reasons why we're having this conversation around Easter is because we know how strongly people feel on this issue and we want people to be vocal and to be active on it in these times.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what we do what we what we need now actually is action, you know. I mean we need we need decisions to be taken. The, the sort of paralysis hanging over this site for over 20 years now is no longer acceptable. The uncertainty about it all is no longer acceptable. And it takes a decision. And it it it's it I mean it is down to a minister. This is the sixth minister we've had dealings with. When I say we, I mean relatives of the signatories, direct dealings with in our, our discussions about the future of the area. And yet still the national monument. Buildings 14 to 17 that were purchased by the state remain closed to the public. You know, five years after they were supposed to be open to great fanfare uh, for as a cent- as part of the centenary celebrations, but they remain closed. And there's no earthly reason why that's so. They could be open tomorrow. You take you roll up the shutters and open these buildings up so that people can at least have a connection to them, rather than they remain shuttered. And that can as i say that's that doesn't take it doesn't take any great planning it, it it takes a decision somewhere along the along the line somebody can make that decision and what we need now is a series of decisions and it's it's just not good enough to sit back and and wait for a developer to 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 show us how we're going to create a, an historic cultural quarter in Moor street that is that is the, the work of the, the role of the state Absolutely. So, our call has always been consistently been for years past that there must be state intervention on this it cannot it cannot proceed without state intervention now there are those who would argue the state has intervened in the sense they've purchased four buildings and and they have under pressure they did purchase four buildings and talked about the opening of commemorative center but why is it that today we still wait for that opening you know yeah. so so uh, there's there's a there's a paralysis we need to we need to to you know to force our way through this per- apparent paralysis about the future and this there, there shouldn't be any uh, as you as you've outlined this is a jewel waiting to be developed in the center of our city um that that ticks all the boxes from tourism to social history to the history of the country to the story of sacrifice courage etc it is it, it's you know it's it's waiting to happen you know And it just, it requires decision makers, no more sitting on the fence. Yeah.
0: I think, Jim, in in the history of kind of political no-brainers, is an absolute no-brainer. I mean, the the idea that this hallowed ground, you know, that that the state would not intervene and not develop it in, in an appropriate way. And I think, as I said earlier, your plan is, The family's plan is outstanding everything from the treatment of the site the materials that are envisaged the fact that it would become a site where you know people live and people work i just think is outstanding and i'm very excited for as many people as as can uh, to see that proposal and to understand what you're 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 putting on the table but but i also know that you're right that Unless we have decisions from government, then we could be going around in circles, you know, for the next number of years. And I just think at this stage, that's not that that was never acceptable. But it's it's just utterly, utterly um, not on at this stage. So we're asking people, Jim, and I might ask you to just finish out our our conversation on this, just to set out for people in, in your view, what what? you know, what they can do, who, who can they reach out to, Who what, what pressure points to press, in your view, for people who want <laughs> things to happen and want to help?
1: Well, I mean, it sounds corny, but, but, but in actual fact, it works. You start at local level, you lobby your politicians, you lobby your local representatives to support the relatives' plan for the area, the plan that keeps the area intact and allows us to tell the story in the very streets and laneways where this history was made and that's a simple enough thing you, you can do you simply lobby at, lobby among your friends lobby your public representatives and show support in a very real way by simply emailing the campaign to the Street Preservation trust.com. so you know at, at that very at a very simple level you can you can have an effect because in the heat of the hunt, once if there is a, you know a swelling of support for our project, then the politicians or those in the decision-making process will act. But you have to show that that's there.
0: Absolutely, so, and I, I think that's that's a really really strong positive note, Jim, for us to to finish out this this brief chat and to just remind people that. It was people power and stubbornness. I think you are the most one of the most stubborn people I have ever met, James Connolly Heron. And I hope you remain that way. As stubborn as your great grandfather, as determined. It's it was that instinct that ensured that we still have the terrace to actually to fight to to preserve. So I think if we bring that same sense of purpose. That, that we can that we can be successful in that, and I, I'm not saying for a minute that getting the legislation through is the be all and end all, but it's it's a good start for this. Absolutely, it really is, and I hope this will be the last the last passage of May, and I hope that the state will finally wake up to the the depth of public feeling on this, and just what an incredible success this can be for Dublin and and for for. The whole island, in fact.
1: Yes, it, it. From our point of view, I think if this works, Mary Lou, it will be payback time for Woodkey for that dreadful loss of Woodkey. I mean, that alone wouldn't that what a prize that would be? You know, to make up for that shocking, shocking decision to to lose that that link to history. history. Yeah,
0: crazy And on that note, hallelujah to that, James Connolly. Heron. thanks so much for this chat. Thank you for all your work. Uh, a very happy Easter to you and to everyone else who has tuned into this conversation. And remember, uh, Moore Street can not alone be saved, Moore Street can be developed, Moore Street can prosper and uh, thrive. And that incredible history of which we are so proud, that, that p- patriotic mission that the rebels set out on. Um, in Easter 1916, we honour that, we remember that, we remain determined to deliver and to live in that republic, so stay with this campaign, and as Jim said, start locally, and every piece of support that you can bring uh, for the legislation, but more importantly, for the plan, is hugely appreciated, so thanks for tuning in, folks, gore maigav